0: He did something with my daughter, and I just ask that people just pay attention or think back to anything that you saw that was suspicious
1: that may help
0: us find Keeche. And
1: sometimes when people, you know, do things, they talk about, so... Um, would you like to ask his friends if they know if they any, know anything? To please call in to share it—not just the neighborhood, but you know, we all have friends and we talk about things. So, would you like to ask? Just you know? anybody that knows anything. I, I, I'm
0: up to hearing any information, anything. My goal is just to find my daughter, and I don't, you know, I wish nobody to know harm or nothing. It's just, I want somebody to treat Kisha being missing like it was their family. They will want these answers, and I just ask that any and everybody, please pay attention. Please come forward. Please, I'm begging. Mother, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm lost without my daughter. And I just want her home so I can hold her. No one should be able to have to go through this. they not knowing the pain, the hurt. Don't know if she's out there. Somebody's doing something to her. She's not. I, I mean, I just, I just want my daughter home so I can love on her like I used to love on her so I can have a piece of my heart back. One piece will not never come back because my son is gone, but I know where my son's at. I don't know where my daughter's at. I just want my baby home. Thank you.
2: On September 26, 2016, 21-year-old Keshay Jacobs decided to go to a friend's house and told her mom she'd be back later. Later that night, Keshay's mom texted her to say goodnight. Keshay had promised her mom she'd be home in the morning, but that was the last time Kishé was ever heard from. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. So the next morning, Kishé's mother, Toni Jacobs, went to work. But by her lunch hour, when she had no contact with Kishé, she started to get worried. She called her son, Devon, and asked if Quiche had returned home yet. Devon said she had not come home, but tried to calm his mom by suggesting that she was probably just still out, she, but she was okay. But Tony says she had the kind of relationship with her daughter that gave her the almost immediate gut instinct that something was wrong. By her lunch hour, Quiche would have texted five to six times already on any normal day. She kept herself calm, though and gave quiche space as she was an adult so the day passed and no one heard from or saw quiche when tony could not sleep that night she started calling around and knocking on doors she asked friends to try and call quiche's phone as she thought maybe she just wasn't answering her mom's calls sadly no one was able to get quiche on the phone tony called her sister hoping to find comfort and she urged tony to go to the police Tony later said in an interview that she did not immediately call the police because she was under the impression that someone had to be missing for at least 24 hours before you can make a report. Of course, this was false information, and Tony believes if she knew this, those first few hours may have been critical in finding Cliche, which they often are. Tony filed a police report, but was met with doubt like in so many other cases. This is especially a problem amongst black women in the community. Even though Tony told the police that her not calling or making contact was totally out of character for Kishay, she even showed the officer her phone and how she contacted her several times a day. Tony's report was taken, and she was told that an officer would contact her. So Tony had nothing else to do but wait. For a week, no one came out to speak with Ms. Jacobs. Tony was out doing all she could to find Quiche. In fact, she had made contact with the friend whose house Quiche was going to. That friend allowed and welcomed Ms. Jacobs to come in and search her property. She told Tony that Quiche had been dropped off at another man's house that night, and that was the last contact she had with Quiche. So it was not until after that friend called the police to tell them of the unknown man that the police finally called Ms. Jacobs to follow up a week after she reported Quiche missing. The man at the house did not allow Miss Jacobs in and changed his story about seeing Kishé. So Tony called the police and asked them to come out. So upon arrival, police realized they already had history with this man as he was a repeat offender. He did not allow them in, and instead he called a detective that he knew personally. The man's house was searched by the detective, but no evidence was found linking him to Quiche. Shocker. The detective told Tony that he would be in contact with the detective on her case. Days went by and she heard nothing. Tony was contacted by the person who owned the house. The man living there was a tenant. The owner gave her permission to search the house. Tony stated in several interviews that at the time of the search, a basement in the man's backyard was not checked. Tony believes that this man knows what happened to Quiche and knows where she is. The police were called again and allowed to search the home and brought in dogs. DNA was found, but nothing more was revealed. This is unfortunate because now so much time has passed and with all these um all these people looking into this gentleman in his house, um obviously he's had time to clean up and get rid of any evidence that may still be there. Right? Even for dogs. And, and crime scene investigators and forensic scientists, it, there's probably going to be nothing left in regards to evidence of Quichet at this point. Tony believes that this man knows what happened to Quiche. So the man had, at this time, disappeared. And no one could find him. He was apparently on the run from police for a violent crime against another woman. Searches were done with dogs, and Tony had held numerous rallies, but nothing was ever discovered. Tony was informed by police that they believe an incarcerated man knows Quiche's fate, but is now refusing to talk to anyone. Miss Jacobs believes that the incarcerated man is the same person who saw Quichet last, although police will not positively confirm her suspicions. According to a local media source, a story published on November 21st, 2016, named local Randy Leonard Watkins, who was 23 years old, as the last person seen with Quiche. Watkins was under investigation because a one-year-old girl he was looking after at the time was severely burned, her burns being consistent with a burn from hot water. Here's some info on Watkins in that situation. Rico Man is behind bars tonight after police say a one-year-old girl who was in his care was taken to the hospital with injuries. Our crime insider John Burkett tells us what police believe happened to the little
3: girl. John,
4: Candice sources telling me just a few minutes ago that that one-year-old girl is not the biological daughter of Randy Watkins. He is, according to this source, uh, someone who takes care of the little girl while the mom is at work. Sources also telling me the girl suffered serious burns that may require some skin grafting what happened inside this east end apartment home causing a one-year-old girl to be rushed to a local hospital sources say was severe burns 23 year old randy leonard watkins has been arrested and charged with two felonies one count of malicious wounding one count of child abuse police won't say watkins relationship with the girl just that she was in his custody
2: all the facts of the case are important. You know, the relationship between he and the child is, that's an important factor. You know, if an expert can say how long the child was actually in hot water, if they can, if they can do that, that could be really uh, helpful and could make a difference for a prosecutor uh, because obviously the longer the child's in there, the more aggravated the case is. Uh, the greater the injuries, the more aggravated it is. And, and you know, if they prove a case, If there's a prior criminal history, all that comes into play and makes it more aggravated as well. Water
4: bill in Candace is what sources tell me could be the cause of the burns in this case. However, the investigation, police say, is ongoing. Randy Leonard Watkins is in Henrico Jail West tonight. He has no bond. His next court appearance is January 30th. Working for you in Henrico's East End, John Burkett, CBS 6 News.
2: So obviously, finding out that this is the type of man that your daughter was last with. Is got to be very disheartening for Tony. So on top of this, all the stresses of trying to find her daughter, Tony has also received false claims from people pretending to be Kishé or giving false leads to follow. Some even attempted to extort her for money, and some faked that, that, that they were quiche, calling and crying and begging her to come get her. Kishé's phone and purse were never located. Tony says to this day, she still calls the number to see if anyone will answer. So before we move on in this case, I also want to talk about Tony's son, Devon, because he was killed um, in, a, in, a, in a very strange dispute as well. Um, a lot of people initially thought that it was linked to Quiche's disappearance. Um, but as more evidence has come out and more details on that, I, I don't think they were connected, um, nor does Kishé's mother. Uh, neither does Tony. She doesn't believe that it's connected either. So before we do that, though, I want to play you um, the rest of the audio that you heard at the beginning. Um, I played you a small clip of it at the very beginning. But this is an interview that Tony Jacobs did uh, with Carol Adams on the show Beyond Surviving with Tammy. And this is type of, kind of an after-the-show type interview to, a way to get information out. So you're going to hear all these facts in this timeline um, straight from Tony herself. Now there is a little background noise in this clip. As there was in the beginning, I was able to edit it out a little bit more, but this is more of just a raw clip. So there is background and things going on at the studio, so I apologize for that. But regardless, you still get to hear the story, and she's not hard to understand at all. So, without further ado, here's Tony Jacobs.
1: Um, a description of, of Kiche and what she was wearing, um, the most si- significant things that you know you want people to be looking for, and then just remember, try to remember if they saw her. Um, Kiche is about
0: five four, five three, small built, very small petite. Um, she was wearing a pair of black basketball shorts, some black and pink Nikes. Uh, I forgot what color shirt she had on, but she had a pink scarf on her head that night. Um, She would have had her cell phone with her, um, which they haven't located yet, and it had her ID in it. You know, I had to look. She put her ID behind the case to keep with her. Um, They haven't found her ID, her phone, or a bank card or anything like that. Um, She had a little bag because she would just be back home the next day, so I think she just had the clothes that she was going to wear back home.
1: Okay. and when was
0: she, when was she, like, where did you last hear from? I last spoke to Kishay September 26th at about 11, 1130, via text message. Um, she was just letting me know. I was just checking on her, making sure she got where she was going, and she was okay. She told me she was okay, and I told her I loved her, be safe, and make sure your phone's charged. That's my routine. And Where was she going? She just told me she was going over a friend's house. I wasn't sure exactly what friend she was going over, because I, I, Tried not to pry because she was 21, um, so I just was like, "Just let me know you made us there safe." That's all I did, you know. Did she give you a friend's name? Uh uh-uh. she, she never told me who she was going go with. Go 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 go. I found out later that um, she was dropped off by one of her best friends. And where was she dropped off at? Um, over there for Broad Street, right about a block or two from Shimmer Rise, Pop. At her house, at a brick house over there. Okay.
1: So, was her friend familiar with who lived at the brick house? He was
0: not familiar with it. Um, he said that the um, only reason why he took her over there was because of the fact that he saw that one of her other friends was going to be over there. Okay. And he said that he walked her to the corner and she called the friend, and the friend never answered. And then she called the person that lived there, and that person opened the door. And he saw her walk in the house and that was the last time he saw her. did he see who opened the door? Yeah, the guy that um was last the guy that the I don't
1: the know. The person of interest.
0: Yeah, the person, the person of, of interest.
1: They never officially see these person of interest. Okay. But the person that they've been talking mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the other friend that was supposed to be there, she... or She's, didn't She said she wasn't never supposed to be there. She so didn't. how did the friend that dropped her off see that? It was on Keisha's phone. Okay, that she was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So did the other young lady know who lived there?
0: Yeah, she knew. Um, matter of fact, that person that lived there, he was like, he told me... In front of a bunch of people that he only knew Kisha through, yeah. other female friend, and that um, only time Kisha ever came over
1: is with her. Okay. So has the uh, police talked to the young lady who was friends with the gentleman at the house to say what kind of relationship um, they had? I'm assuming so. The police never shared that information with me, so. I'm Okay. Well, what about the friend? Did she ever share with you, the young lady, share with you any details about no, this gentleman? she don't talk to me. So she doesn't talk or share anything? Mm-hmm. the only person that talked to me is the male friend that dropped her off. Um,
0: he checks on me pretty peri- periodically and, and always, check, you know, talk to, talking to me and stuff like that. And he always shares stuff with me and tell me. He was like, recently, Right before my son's birthday, he called me and we talked, and he was like, "He he's had so much regret and pain and hurt because of the fact he was the one that dropped her off. And if he wouldn't have dropped her off, she wouldn't be gone. And so why she's gone, he's going to continue to check on me because he knew how much she loved me. And. He said that's the type of person Kisha
1: was. That she was gonna always be there for her friend, so he gotta always be there for me. So was there a game plan as to what they were gonna do when uh, they met up over there at this house? Nobody's told me anything. I don't know anything. I don't know anything.
0: The purpose of Quiche going over there anything. Um the market said he the guy said that he just was told asked for Kisha asked for a ride, which she'll do occasionally. Mm-hmm. And he was hanging out with his friends and his brother, so he was like, yeah, I'm going to take you there. Know, he's like, who will be there? You know, question and, and her. Mm-hmm. She told him all that. And then, so
1: he didn't have no reason to believe it was going to be anything otherwise. So, uh, would you like to ask the, the public, that the, the, the community in that neighborhood to just research their minds as to, you know, this was a, was this gentleman the same age as Keisha and no. her friends? No. he's older. He was in his thirties. And it's just odd because, brown right, that was
0: almost right after the, Richmond had the bike ride. Okay, you yeah. Know, you see And that? they had the cameras, but the police said that the cameras wasn't working in that area anymore. And it was a camera point right at that house. Yeah, and the neighborhood, you know, when we walked through the neighborhood passing out flyers, and I've been over there a couple times after that, you know, some people here, because I hold my Missing Persons Day over there in April, Mm -hmm. you know, in that community, and we try to invite the community out so they know what's going on. A lot of people still remember it, which I'm surprised, you know, I'm not surprised, but I'm just grateful that, you know, because I look around, there's
1: people that haven't even, still haven't even heard of it
0: you
1: know, about what's going on with Kishé. Okay, so would you like to tell the audience now the, you know, the, the, do you have a description of the gentleman? Does he have a car? I mean, in that, the block, for, to just to research their minds, you know, no, to I don't back, remember what back, the block is. back, back to that time, um, and if they saw you know, not even just that day, that that day, but any other days, because you know, it's odd to me as an older gentleman wanting to have younger ladies at his house. Um, is has had, had they noticed that before, and um, any suspicious or out of the ordinary activity? I guess.
0: Um, I I think it's
1: considered that 3100 block Right there
0: by Shi's mm-hmm. part um I just want anybody that you know if you think you saw something you know I know a lot of people it's fearful to get involved um, but you can do it anonymously um, just just come forward you know with any information um it could have been that day the 26th the 27th 28th or the 29th I just know the guy ran on probably that Sunday after the 26th. Um, He was able to be found at the house, so in between that time something happened. He did something with my daughter and I just asked that people just pay attention or think back to anything that you saw that was suspicious that may help us find Keisha.
2: It's so obvious to me, the hole in that mother's heart, how just not having the closure, it's, it's just impossible for her to accept that her daughter is, is gone, or that she may be gone. And I hope and pray for her sake and the sake of their family and their friends that Kishé is still out there somewhere. But this is not the only tragedy that has hit Tony and her family. Four months after Quiche disappeared, on January 8, 2017, tragedy struck the Jacobs family once again. Quiche's brother, Devon, was murdered by a man named James Henshaw. Tony says the system failed her again and failed Devon. Henshaw was offered a plea deal of 10 years, with five suspended and time served, which means he would only have five years of active jail time and since this case has been ongoing for two years already, at the time of sentencing, June 2019, he had just three years to serve. From second-degree murder to voluntary manslaughter, he pleaded no contest in June of 2019. Police do not believe that Davon's murder was connected to Quiche's disappearance. Uh, neither do I, or neither does Quiche's family, for that matter. Um... But Henshaw testified that Davon had rented a car from him and had not returned it. Just days before the murder, Henshaw attempted to confront Davon at his girlfriend's house. Witnesses said Henshaw fired his weapon into the windshield of the car that Davon was in at the time, but missed hitting anyone. Henshaw was claiming self-defense at the time of his trial. Also, it's important to note that there's a lot of speculation going around about this murder, like maybe Mr. Henshaw was trying to hide an affair that he had been having and for some reason needed that car back um, from Devon before it was due there there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird circumstances regarding that case i've published uh, the link to some articles underneath the sources at the bottom of this um, at the bottom of this episode if you guys would like to check that out if you want to dive a little deeper into that but for now let's get back to quiche Uh, Quiche's mom has started a foundation in honor of Quiche as a support system for families in Richmond and surrounding areas who have experienced similar circumstances. Quiche's case remains open, and her mother remains optimistic that Quiche will be found and return home to her loved ones. Anyone who sees Quiche or knows anything is asked to call Major Crimes Detective William Thompson at 804-646-3925 or Crime Stoppers at 804 780 Well, folks, that uh, just about wraps this one up. That's about all I have and I could find on Kishé Jacobs. Um, like we know, searching cases involving minority women are very hard to come by. The information is very hard to come by. The interviews, the news broadcast. Um, so... I play you guys what I can find you um, and I report the information that's out there. So now that I've brought you everything that I could find, there's just one thing left to do and that's to check in with Lauren on this week's Lauren synopsis It's time for Lauren it's time for Lauren synopsis breaking down the case like break it down the case like cardboard boxes it's time for Lauren. it's time for Lauren synopsis breaking down the case like break it down the case like cardboard boxes it's time for loren it's time for Lauren synopsis breaking down the case like break it down the case like cardboard boxes
3: what's up people Lauren here here to get my thoughts on this week's strange and unexplained the disappearance of Keisha Jacobs, who grew up in Richmond, Virginia, to a very loving family. And in September of 2016, she disappeared. She was 21 years old and she disappeared under very mysterious and fishy circumstances the same day that she'd gotten into a fight with her boyfriend. Um, and shortly after that, she had had a talk with her family about it. She was very upset and she told her mother that she was gonna be staying at a friend's house that evening. And she's 21 years old. Her mother can't stop her from living her life. Said, that's fine, just text me when you get there. And she never did. She never corresponded again. Her phone was shut off that night. And she was, as I said, never seen again. And the part that's weird is that her friends, a lot of her close friends, their stories didn't really, they kind of changed and it was like, what are they hiding? It It was very bizarre. And of course, the police didn't kick off a, an investigation right away, as we see time and time again, that she was 21 years old. They said it's possible that she just doesn't want to talk to her family right now, or she ran off. Her mother, of course, said there's no way. I know my daughter. We talk every day. Look at my phone. Look at all these conversations we have on a daily basis. She wouldn't just stop talking to me like this. Um, so the mother is the person who had to do the early investigating in this um, what I believe to be crime. And she initially went door to door and started to, to, like questioning all of her Quiche's closest friends who initially said that they hadn't seen her. And then certain members of her friends then said, yeah, we had seen her that night. And she went, she got driven by her good friend, uh, a mutual friend of theirs, Demarcus Hunt, to an undisclosed man's home who they didn't you know, a lot of people didn't know. They don't know why she went there and they didn't know who this person was. And he was, uh, it was in a part of town that she didn't frequent, the Churchill District, which wasn't all that far, but it was kind of bizarre. Um, and who was this person? And we later come to find out this person had a criminal past of violence against women and he disappears um, not long after this. Now, before he disappears, Tony, uh, Quiche's mother, goes knocking at the door of this person. She finds, you know, she finds out through the friends, you know, that her daughter ended up at this man's home, and she has to go find out what what the deal is. So she goes and knocks on the door. He answers. Um, she call. She, she talks to him, and his story's not really adding up because he's saying that yeah, she came by for just a few minutes around five p.m. And her mom's saying no, I know she was at home at five p.m. So what are you hiding? Um, and he swears that she was only there for a few minutes, and then she got called and got a ride and left, which also, it doesn't make sense because no calls were made from her phone um, at this time. Her phone was shut off at this time. And so her mother calls the police and says, "You need to come here. This is a you know, my daughter's missing, and this man was the last person to see her, and his story doesn't make sense. The police go there. they walk around the place. Everything seems fine. Um, they leave. then the the homeowners, because it wasn't this man's home. he was renting a room there, I believe. And they said, you know what? This story, his story doesn't make sense to us either. You can walk around even more if you want. Um, and I think at this time he'd already left. And he, like I said, shortly there runs, runs off and disappears, which makes him look very suspicious. She discovers a basement that the police hadn't walked through, and there's some bloody tissues apparently in a trash can. Uh, that doesn't look good. The, I think the police were there for a long time following this. Uh, the man... I don't understand how his identity has not been put out there um, and how they didn't capture this person to investigate him further. Um, And who is it? It It's so bizarre. Quiche does doesn't seem like the type of person that would just go to some random man's house that she didn't know. And how did her friends not know this person? And where does the boyfriend fit into this that she had just had a fight with? So if she did, in fact, leave from here, which I don't buy because her phone was already shut off, I think maybe it would have been to go talk to her boyfriend who she had just broken up with. Maybe they were going to try and figure some stuff out. Maybe the boyfriend set this whole thing up. I don't know. Um, All I know is whoever this mysterious mysterious person is that she went to the home of that evening, I believe, killed her. I think think she's been gone since that night, sadly. Um, And someone needs to come forward. And in 2018, apparently someone did come forward An unidentified source claimed that a man, more mysteriousness here, like no names again, um, who was in prison for an uh, an unrelated crime against a woman had confessed to knowing what had happened to Quiche. But then when they went to question him more on details about what he knew, he clammed up. And it's thought that maybe someone got to him, instilled fear in him, and told him, you know, you better not say anything. We're going to kill you that along those lines, or he was just trying to get his sentence lowered, which we've seen before where people make up stories, um, cause they saw something in the news about a different crime and they just interject themselves to try and either get attention or to try and get a lower sentence. That is also a possibility. Um, now you can't talk about this case without mentioning Quiche's brother, Dave on, who was killed three months after she went missing. Um, now the police did an investigation. They found the person who killed Devon very quickly. They put him behind bars and it's believed to be unrelated. Um, so I, I, am going to go with the police on that one. I don't think this, this crime's related. I don't think someone was trying to cover up quiche's murder by killing her brother. know I'm sure her brother was going around questioning people and threatening people, um, to find out what happened to his sister. So there's always that possibility. And it is quite a coincidence that this happened only three months later. Um, but I would look. I would definitely, if I were the police, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence. And then the mother, Tony, has actually come out and said that the police have done, you know, their jobs as investigating this. I, w- you obviously wish they would have gotten started quicker, but they can't jump immediately on every single person who goes missing f- in within a matter of hours. That's. I, I think there's a lot more of those than we realize, and 99% of them. It is innocent and they are, they come right back. It was just a matter of their phone died or something along those lines. So, um, but Tony, the mother, um, such, a, such a mom, such a great mom that's been just relentless with this. And hopefully she gets closure at some point. Um, I'd love to see her get her daughter back, but I just don't think that's realistic at this point. Um, but I think somebody, one of the friends knows something, the boyfriend knows something, whether it was him that was involved in it or not. But I think this mysterious man, they need to find him. They had him, they talked to him, they looked through his house. How did they not if they, you know, you would think they had to have gotten ID from him and like documented this whole situation of the mother calling and saying, you know, and and then looking around this house, you would think that would be a police report and you have the man's name. Maybe he gave a fake name, I don't know, but how does he run off to never be seen again when he's such a prime suspect, he's the last person to see a missing girl or a missing woman? Like it just blows my mind, like the mysteriousness behind this case. So that's my thoughts. Uh, a little overwhelmed by it. just a lot of stuff just doesn't make sense. how much how much stuff is hidden in this case. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer. I think the, the they need to look into the boyfriend and they need to find this person that she went to the home of, obviously um, and, and get some evidence. but yeah, all right guys, that's my thoughts. See you next week. All right, excellent
2: synopsis as always, Lauren. I agree. This episode is extremely frustrating. This case is extremely frustrating with all of the, the loose ends that keep popping up with people disappearing and not being investigated. Um, now, that, the gentleman that, that did disappear, okay, that gentleman is under investigation. He is a, I guess you would call him a person of interest, uh, but like you heard in the interview with Tony, they're not, they're very hesitant in using that term too early. Um, but that's where we are with that case. And if I hear any updates or if you guys hear any updates, please let me know. if uh, if I hear any, i will I will let you guys know as well. All right, so that's the show guys. Thanks for listening. Let me get to some uh, orders of business here. I want to say if you guys enjoy the show, um, if you want to support this podcast, you can. The best way to do that is patreon slash s and u podcast, the word and spelt out. S&U Podcast. Um, There is a link to the Patreon below the description of every single episode. Uh, We had a newcomer this week join on. I would like to thank Jordan Socks uh, for jumping on the Patreon at the $30 level. I appreciate that very much, Jordan. I hope you're enjoying all that exclusive Patreon content. Um, But yeah, guys, for $3 a month, you can get access to not only this show early... Which will be released every Thursday, but you also get access to two other shows that I do called uh, Strange Shorts and the Palette Cleanser Podcast. If you jump on at the five dollar level, I'm trying to put up video of each of those shows being recorded, especially Strange Shorts. Strange Shorts is a little is is the most laid back show that I do. It's it's kind of off the dome. I'm taking a story that I know that I've read about. And I'm kind of retelling it to you guys, reading some articles, taking some things here and there. And w- what I want to do in the future is record that show live. And that video will be posted up on the Patreon at the $5 tier. Okay? So if you want to see that, that show in the video, you want to see what my ugly mug looks like with this voice coming out of it, you can at the $5 level on Patreon. That's Again, that's patreon.com slash sandupodcast. Another great way to help the show, obviously, is just to listen. Listen, subscribe, download, share with your friends, share on social media, um, at social media, at Sandu Podcast, um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Strange and Unexplained on Facebook. Um, And if all of that, if you've done all that already and you haven't left a review, then what are you doing? Come on, guys, leave a review so other people know what they're missing or what they're not missing, right? So I want to give a big shout-out to... Podcast Space Lizard, who left a five-star review. They're from the U.S., and they said that the Lauren Synopsis theme really slaps. I have to agree. I love that song. It's one of my favorites. Um, Also, from Wales, Welsh Knitter left a five-star review from Wales. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, And then let's see. We got one more. Oh, it's an Aussie. It's an Aussie from Down Under. Fee Clow left a five-star review, said came over from TCG, and this is a wonderful listen. So thank you very much. See, you are getting love all across the globe. It only takes a few minutes, guys. Leave a review, and it helps the show a lot. I really appreciate it. Again, if you guys have a case suggestion, or if you just want to reach out, have comments, you want to say this show sucks, you want to say that you said Nexium wrong for almost an entire episode, which I did last week, um, in the Nexium episode, I don't know why. I don't know why. I really don't have an excuse. I know how to say the word and I said it right. First off, it's not a real word. Okay. Let me vent here for a second. This is my podcast. Um, first off, it's not a real word. Nexium is like a made up group of words by this guru who thinks he's a lord, for one. So there are no phonics, right? It's, and for some reason, like I said it right at the beginning of the show. And then as I went on, so the more I said it, the more I just kept I kept shortening it. I kept instead of saying Nexium, I kept saying like Nixum or Nexum for some reason. I don't know why. Just in the sentence structure and saying it and I guess me getting excited or rushed for some reason, I kept saying it wrong. It was just one of those weird words that just got me. You know, I think everybody has that from time to time. It's like something just it won't click in your brain. You know how to say it. You know what the word is. You know how it's pronounced. You know what it sounds like. But when it comes out of your mouth, it ain't, it ain't coming out right. Right? I can't be the only one. <laughs> I know I'm not. I know it happens. I've seen news anchors say certain words over and over again incorrectly. Um, it just happens. It's just when you spend hours and hours in talking, uh, guess what? Eventually, you're going to say some dumb shit. And for me, it happens pretty often. Either way, if you guys were able to get past it and learn about the Nexium cult, Nexium cult see, I just did it. See? see it's like i just want to get done with the word already i don't want that extra syllable in there but anyways the nexium cult episode was one of my favorites and it sucks that i butchered it that way um but oh well it is what it is it's out there you guys know what i mean and uh information is still valid regardless so guys if you were able to make it through that and you make it through this and you look forward to this show every week um you're a huge inspiration to me and i appreciate it very very much All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Remember, be strange. Just don't be a stranger.